0: anchor method, right? So you're going to anchor it into something bigger than just the outcome you want, something that you're going to be able to tap into every single time you use the excuse that you don't want to, or you convince yourself or justify that you can stop doing it.
1: Welcome back to the show. Today, my guest is Matt Schernard. Matt is famously known for taking a dip into a cold plunge every morning for the past six years. We talk about his original intentions behind adding such an uncomfortable routine to start his days, and what lessons he has directly and indirectly pulled from that experience. Matt is passionate about helping people live with more purpose, discover their gifts, and steward everything to the best of their abilities. Matt is a 10-year business owner. He enjoys investing and starting projects and helping others create impactful businesses and work cultures. Matt is married, and he's expecting his first kid at the end of June, something that I am so excited about for him. Matt is incredibly genuine, and you'll take that immediately from the start of the podcast. He brings a calming energy that helps bridge the gap between productivity and intentionality, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, This is one of those podcasts where it felt conversational from the start, and I love that. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Real quick before we dive into the episode, you probably heard about this podcast directly from someone else or saw it shared on social media. We can only grow, spread our message further, and keep bringing in awesome and amazing guests with your help. If you could take five seconds and hop on whatever podcast platform you're using and leave us a review, it would mean the world to us. On to the show. Matt Chouinard, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Derek. Excited to chat. Yeah, man, this is our second time. I, I was able, fortunately, to hop on your podcast a few months back um, to talk all things marketing and branding and and growing businesses. And today we're going to dive into a whole lot more fun, man. This is going to be great. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, million dollar question: Did you get into the ice bath this morning?
0: I did. Yeah, it was a little a little rushed, uh, but I did.
1: We pulled it off. Yeah. So Matt is a few hours before me, so it is six a.m. his time at the moment. Yep. Yep. So he's yeah he's uh, taking one for the team here and getting up bright and early for the podcast.
0: Yeah, I was like, I my my brain's fresh after the cold plunge and doing my ruck, so I thought, well, might as well just get right into
1: a podcast. It'll be great. other people might use a different descriptor than fresh. (laughs) You know, it might be like in survival mode, (laughs) you know, like...
0: I should say there's a big difference between pre-ice tub mat and post-ice tub mat. Post-ice tub mat feels amazing. Pre Mm. just hates every part of it. So...
1: (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. So first, how did you get into this routine in the first place?
0: I got into it about six years ago. Um, So at the time... I developed some sort of autoimmune condition, chronic hives. And it was associated to a lot of different things going on, uh, nutrition, stress, chronic and acute stress, and eating different kinds of foods. But I started to research and found out that heat and cold exposure can be beneficial for different autoimmune conditions. So I actually started cold showers or cold exposure about six years ago, and along with other different fitness protocols or what I call fitness deposits, that started to to subside. So Mm -hmm. I have been doing that um, in one way or another, like whether it's ice tub in the winter or the summer or cold showers, almost every single day, I probably missed a handful of days just because it's such a
1: beneficial practice or deposit in my life. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, so the question then is on a scale of like one to 10, right? One being like, I would rather die and 10 being like, I don't, I wouldn't mind freezing my ass off for a few minutes on most mornings. Where do you fall? Probably a five. Right smack in the middle.
0: Right smack in the middle. I don't, yeah, it, I've been procrastinating more. It's actually way more difficult. So I actually just changed my routine up a little bit more. Uh, usually I would do my whole morning routine. So I have a pretty robust morning routine and then I do my cold exposure, but now I'm doing it right out of bed, which is, I would say previously I was probably at a seven, like I could do it. I could get my mind around it when I did later in my routine. Now I'm at about a five, like I mentioned, because it's, I think it's building that much more mental resiliency to do it right out of bed. Um, and that's kind of the goal for me. So I'm doing cold right out of bed. And then I'm going to do, I do a quite call, a prayer and gratitude ruck. So I just put some weight on and I walk my dog. And the reason I'm doing that is there's been some studies that I've seen and people on Instagram. So for whatever it's worth, and that's why I'm testing on myself, that have shown that you can naturally increase testosterone levels by doing exercise post cold exposure.
1: Mm. That's interesting. So
0: I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to take some blood tests and actually test myself and see that.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's, if if there's any way to prove it for its effect, you know, efficacy and, and effectiveness for yourself, that's the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I applaud you because I, so I've been taking cold showers now for the past couple months as a way I'm not for the longest time. I was not a morning person. And then, just because of some lifestyle changes for myself, kid businesses, those sort of things, it was inevitable that I was going to have to start getting up early, earlier and earlier. Um, and now, with the kid, that number on the clock continues to get there. more looking like night and less looking like morning. But with that said, um, it does entirely wake me up. Like it's like a switch. Um, you know, like you said, post cold shower or post uh, cold plunge is a totally different individual than pre. Um, but with that said, you know, I've recognized to your point that like, for me, removing friction was important. So the reason why I actually chose the cold shower was because I can roll out of bed and I can brush my teeth while that water is running and I can get right in. So it's like, there is very, very little few things in front of me to prevent me from getting into the cold water. So for you, the fact that you're, like, getting out of bed, like, likely going downstairs, like, getting undressed, like, going into, like, outside, and a lot of times, like, you're in the snow. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're walking out into this, like, beautiful sunrise, and you just happen to have, like, this $7,000, you know, uh, temperature-regulated tub. Like, this thing is, like, filled with ice that you have to break and then climb into. So there's, like, all sorts of friction there that you have to overcome mentally.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And you talked about friction. I like I would just so what I do in my cold plunge, and this actually helps me do it too. If anyone follows me on Instagram, I do talks while I do it. And that's part of my way of removing friction. Because we're talking about friction. That's one of my ways that I remove friction is knowing that, hey, I've created a following now that this is part of who I am. And I was joking with my wife this morning. I said, Maybe we should just get a hot tub and I could do the same thing with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, but I mentioned that the other day in one of my talks in my tub is it's about removing friction from your good habits and adding friction from your bad habits. And there is quite a bit of friction in front of this habit just because it's cold for one, right? You're never going to, well, I haven't, maybe someone else wake up pumped to get in the cold So you have to think of different ways to make sure you adhere to this habit, this deposit over a long period of time. And what I've kind of come up with is something I call the anchor method, right? So you're going to anchor it into something bigger than just the outcome you want. Something that you're going to be able to tap into every single time you use the excuse that you don't want to, or you convince yourself or justify that you can stop doing it. So finding that deeper purpose. And I think, precision nutrition is where I first heard of the five whys, meaning Mm. ask yourself five whys back to back to back to back until you get to the really deep reason behind prioritizing this habit or this deposit in your life. Because if you don't, I mean, we're both in the fitness industry. We could think of how many people come into the gym and say, I want to lose X amount of weight, which is, it's a great goal, right? If it's a healthy amount of weight and it's going to help you, Live longer and enjoy your life more now. But it's not a strong enough reason to stay consistent and transform your lifestyle. Because transforming your lifestyle, being consistent with cold exposure, being consistent with exercise, whatever you're trying to do is gonna be difficult. You're gonna meet resistance, you're gonna meet times where this morning I almost I was this close to telling myself, you don't have to do this today. But I anchored it in something other than just doing it. So I made sure to do it because it's bigger than just the results I feel
1: afterwards. Yeah. Well, I mean, the wise are less, they feel less imperative when things are going well, right. When you have the time, you have the energy, you know, you don't have kids waking you up in the middle of the night and you know, you're, you're settled into a secure job and things are going great in your relationships, and you're like, okay, cool, like working out's fun. But like the whys are integral when things fall apart, you know. And you have a million other th- things and reasons to kind of distract you from wanting to exercise or take care <clears throat> of yourself. And it's like that's where the whys really come in. So, and and to your point, like we can add and subtract from them. That you know, it's a, it's ever evolving. They do change. I, I can promise you this: when a kid comes in your life, your bag of whys gets a lot heavier you know, in all the best ways possible. So, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's awesome. And and I know that that's something, um, you teach to your clients. So you, you've been a gym owner now for, uh, going on 10 years, correct?
0: Yeah. So we affiliate owner for 10 years, our gym, I'm just trying to remember last night, I think we're on our 12th year, but mm. it started in a small little garage I, I'm a little foggy when the actual first class was yeah. Um, but yes, I've been in gym owner for a while.
1: Fantastic. What are some of the biggest lessons and things you've taken out of a decade of gym ownership? Ooh, there's a lot.
0: So I co opened the business, co founded this business when I was 23, I believe. So I've had a lot of time to learn and I was pretty young along this journey. Um, the biggest lessons I've learned have been in the past three years. So during the pandemic, so there's, there's a lot that had happened in the pandemic. So I bought my business partner out. Um, I rebranded, but we're still CrossFit, but we created an umbrella company called greater purpose, health and fitness to better encompass everything we offer in our gym. CrossFit being one of those. So we rebranded, I bought my business owner out and obviously our partner out and um, we went from 230 members to 88 members. We are closed. We couldn't use our gym for seven months. Like our gym doors were closed and we opened and closed four or five times. So there's probably about well, I couldn't even say how many lessons were in there. It seemed like it was all a lesson, all a lesson in resiliency, in yeah. leadership, in understanding that you need to, going back to this anchor method, this purpose, and this is kind of where it started to really make sense to me, is it's a principle that can be applied to anything. So I ne- you need to understand why you're running a business. If you're just pursuing a business and this is why I tell a lot of my clients, coaching clients or mentoring clients for business too, is you need to make sure that this is important to you. Don't just pursue a business just for the the money or just because it looks cool. You need to make sure this this business, this pursuit is actually something of value to you and you will adhere to it for a long time. Because I think most of business failure or success is dependent on someone's ability to just stay, stay in it and to stay in it for a long period of time. You better be connected to a deeper purpose than just the profit, just the money. So that would be the probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the years. That's all encompassing is because you can have leadership principles. You can learn how to develop a culture, marketing, sales, whatever else it might be. But none of that matters if there's not a purpose behind it.
1: Yeah, that's uh, it's an amazing perspective um, and one that I wholeheartedly agree with. I mean, I think we're both fortunate in that we chose an industry that let's put it this way. Anyone that got into the gym industry because they wanted to make money is kind of an idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just being honest, right? And it's not that you can't do well for yourself. It's just that right. if you took the top 10% of gym owners in the world and compared them to the top 10% of any other industry, literally any other industry, like you can make cotton swabs and you will make more money than, than a gym owner. And th- this is probably why. And, and obviously helping people on the, the you know, in the aspects mm-hmm. of health, and wellness play a huge role because like that, that impact is arguably greater than almost any other impact you can make on a, on a human being. Right. Especially right. as it, as it kind of permeates into their communities and, and, and family units, but like that right there, if they, if that's not purpose, I don't know what is. Right. Um, and, and then you, you know, you extend that out and think like, now I'm helping coaches be able to do that for other people. Right. So it's like, now you become the, the ultimate lever in this equation. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we're both fortunate that we chose a career path that like you, you basically had to be passionate or you're not going to last. No,
0: absolutely. And I think I see a shift. I don't know about you, Derek, if you see this or not too, but I think, um, the gym industry is becoming more professionalized. Mm-hmm. I think in a couple of years it'll become more so, um, that people are seeking to be tra- become trainers because how can it not? When you look around the world and the epidemic of chronic illness it, it, through that can be prevented through lifestyle, nutrition and exercise. And we know this, like you and I know this and I think the world is slowly catching up and seeing this too. I think gym owners, are going to be in a good place to help people and there's gonna be a lot of impact but also if you can do it right there could be a lot of um good opportunities to be a gym business owner but yes you're right if <laughs> if you want to take the easy way out and just make a lot of money um and very easily do that gym ownership maybe isn't the first thing to pursue
1: no no well and i think in order for us to accomplish that and to continue to push the industry forward, we need to continue to raise the value of being a coach, both in the way that they are trained and educated, but also in the way that they are compensated, you know, and this has like been a huge measure for me of my own personal success is how much I'm able to lift my coaches up, you know, and I think this is going to be an imperative because what we saw in my opinion, from like 2000 and we'll say, you know, nine or 10 until about 2019 range was that you had this like constant churn of coaches. Like it was like, if you were a gym that maintained your coaching staff, like it was a good indicator that you were doing well as a business, because if you're retaining coaches, you're likely retaining members, right? There's, there's absolutely, um, some congruency there but in order to maintain coaches like you have to be able to offer a full-time living like you have to be able to support mm-hmm. these people and their and their families and the things that they want to accomplish and that means that you have to value right your your gym and your memberships appropriately and i think this is as you speak of the professionalism like this is where we're seeing the industry go now right is these it's not just the f45s the the orange theories that are kind of creating these robust programs that are, are based on models that can actually facilitate long-term employment and create careers for people, it's CrossFit Gym stepping up right, to the chopping block and going like, we want to be part of this party too. right? Like We want to be right. able to create long-term opportunities for our employees. And I think that that's going to be a huge part of our ability to continue to not just professionalize, but be able to help more and more people in the long run.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good measuring st- stick of success for your gym is, um, having long-term coaches that are making a decent amount of money and also impacting
1: people and they're enjoying it too. So I, I agree with you hundred percent, Derek. Yeah. Now you were part of a uh, seminar staff with CrossFit headquarters for about four years. Um, how was that experience?
0: Really good. And I say, really good in the sense of if you look at a professional environment, a professional culture, a, a culture of excellence, like I was continually blown away by how good everyone was at their job and how uh, passionate they were at their job. And I need to tell a little bit of story for that because if if that's the case, why am I still not? with them. Um, so way back, I think it was 2012, 2013. I went to my first cross, not my first one. I went to my cross at level one certification or certificate or L one weekend, let's call it. And I was blown away. I was like, I want to wear that red shirt one day. I want to be a part of this, this culture, this, this amazing looking team. And, so I started to slowly get, obviously, you can't just join seminar stuff if you just got your level one. So I continued to educate myself. I opened up Affiliate in right around 2013, 2014, and I got my level two, got my level three, and I emailed them on and off for about two years. I just asked, hey, do you need more staff? Do you need more staff? And I don't know why I didn't send a resume prior, but finally I sent a resume and a cover letter and everything. And then they accepted me into their internship process. And I remember, um, so my mentor was Jason McDonald, fantastic guy. I remember him saying like, this is one of the, like, this is a tough job just so you know. And I didn't really take that. I didn't really know what that meant. And because they, they expect so much, right. Because they are, they're delivering these level one weekends that are so impactful to thousands and thousands of coaches every year. Right. Um, and as I started to get into this internship process, I think I did four, three or four traveled around and did the internship process. I noticed how they got energy when they did this and I started to lose energy when I presented because I was so nervous, right. Mm -hmm. I was so nervous and, I've never been a public speaker and I committed to being more uncomfortable more often. So this was part of that process, right? So I was like looking at this red shirt saying, I really want to wear that honestly, probably for selfish, selfish reasons. So people would look up to me and I wanted to get uncomfortable and be better at public speaking, getting on my comfort zone that way. So I got hired on and I thought this feeling of nervousness. So literally Every time I got booked for a seminar, I'd be nervous for two weeks prior. (laughs) I couldn't concentrate on my affiliate. I couldn't concentrate on other stuff because I was so nervous. And that's part of the cold exposure. Like cold exposure helped me getting onto podcasts, doing all these different things that helped me, but there's still something there that it didn't seem like it was a part of who I was. Yeah. I would way rather get a one-on-one call and help people that way. And not to say I didn't find benefit or there wasn't a lot of fruit in doing that for me. But long story short, I had a conversation with my mentor and I said, I can't do this. Like, I feel like to be at the level they're at and to gain energy every single weekend, because they are doing this, going back to affiliate coaching and business owners too. So I, I started to click into me is like, they're probably not feeling the same thing I am. And I kind of got confirmation of that. So that's where I left. It's had nothing to do with CrossFit, but everything to do with, I got into it for the wrong reasons. So talking about the purpose again, the purpose was probably selfish and I stuck with it for a long time um, because I believe you should give everything the best you can. Everything you've been entrusted with, you should try to steward the best of your abilities. So that's my story of why I'm not there anymore.
1: Yeah. So that's interesting because like you obviously are very accustomed to standing in front of a group of people inside of your own affiliate and coaching. So I wonder what it was for you um, being outside of that environment that, that affected you so greatly when you were on the affiliate staff.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think part of it too is right around can't remember. I think I've been with 2 I've met, So two brain business is a mentoring service. I'm a mentee. I've been there for a long time. Um, I started to realize this whole area of entrepreneurship and that gave me energy. I could get up every single morning and do this and investigate and want to do more of this. And that's not to say I don't still like coaching. Uh, I don't still, I still really enjoy coaching fitness but I don't do it as much. And in my affiliate, it feels like I know everyone. I feel comfortable, right? I feel like I can be myself. And that's what I worked on on the weekend seminars. But I think there was so much gap between doing them for me because I didn't request as many weekends as a lot of the other people did. So I didn't get that congruency or I didn't get that consistency to actually feel home in teaching things back to back. And cause there is a really in-depth specific way to teach, which is why it's so excellent every time you go. So I think it's a twofold thing is I start to realize I really love entrepreneurship and business ownership in that whole area. And I feel really comfortable in my gym because I
1: mean, it's my gym, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, you're always going to feel better inside of your own environment around your people. Um, you know, it's, it's funny whenever I have people ask me, um, that are in pursuit of being a coach, you know, what what are your thoughts on the L one? I always say it's to me, it's like capitalism. Like everyone has their bone to pick, but there's no system that's been proven to be better, you know? So it's, it's not perfect. Um, but they're continuing to evolve it. And the staff over there does, does a very good job at that. I, I would argue that that's probably the backbone and the of, of HQ. And the best thing that they do is educate their trainers. Yeah. You know, and, and there's plenty of people out there that would have something to say about that. And I would challenge them to, to point me in the direction of, uh, another organization that trains their coaches better, uh, because I've been inside of the traditional settings with the NSCA, the ACSM. I don't see it, you know, and like, that's at a university level. Um, so having experienced both of those, I, I think that, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta tip the hat off to CrossFit.
0: Absolutely. So we've had trainers and my one trainer, he's, uh, in Canada kinesiology. I think it's probably the same in the States. He has a kines degree or I guess it'd be exercise science. And he went to his level one. And then when he came back, so this is probably six years ago, he's like, I didn't learn any of this, right? I didn't learn how to look at a squat. You'll learn things about anatomy and and physiology and all these different aspects of the human body and fitness or energy systems. And you learn a little bit about that at the level one, but there's opportunities to continue to grow after too. But what you really learn is how to watch someone move, how to make them move better and how to make an enjoyable experience, right? And how do people get results? Well, it's not from the coach who sits there and explains every single aspect of the human body and tries to prove how smart they are. It's someone who can create an environment, a culture, a gym that's enjoyable, but also know how to help them move better at the same time, because you're going to get results from something you adhere to for a long period of time. That's enjoyable. It doesn't really matter if you have all these degrees and all these certificates and you can... If you can't actually help someone move better, enjoy the process. It doesn't matter.
1: That's the crux of the problem. Yeah. I, last week I had uh, Jordan side on the podcast and and we spoke about this very issue and, you know, we were talking about how that's the biggest hurdle, right? And the bridge that's not, that there's a gap there that's not being bridged between the university yeah. level and actually putting things in application in terms of being a coach is that kids are coming out of university, having almost, either never had experience with coaching for extended periods of time or having very little. Right. And it's like putting in those wraps, like if people ask me like where, if you, okay. So basically like if you were to look at like elementary school is like the foundation of all of your education, right. Where you learned like your basics of arithmetic and, and language and reading and, and empathy and like being able to converse and, and have interpersonal skills. To me, it's like, it was the first like three to five years of gym ownership where I was putting in 60 hour weeks, right? (laughs) Where it's like the reps were getting put in back. I don't even remember how many classes I was coaching back then, but it was probably somewhere in the realm of 25 to 30 classes a week, you know? And it's like, that adds up, you know? And so it's like, I don't consider my time spent at university where I really launched as a coach. It was, it was in those first few years of grinding and putting time in on the floor. And I'm sure, you know, for you, it was very much the same.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I remember, I still remember it so vividly waking up for 6am coaching the class um, coaching seven, I think it was seven, roughly seven a day and then still doing business stuff, which I didn't, I thought that was like more of the, that you try to fit in instead of saying, well oh, I need to work on this business to actually make it a business long term <laughs> right. and then mopping the floors, doing all this all these things and that would actually contribute to what I said at the start of the podcast, my um, chronic hives is that was part of the stress. there was this mm. chronic stress of just grinding and hopefully one day. <laughs> I wouldn't have to do all this instead of actually thinking, Oh, I need to scale. I need to train. I need to hire. So yeah, I think all the, but all that time spent doing that, it just becomes automatic. It becomes, you understand it. Right. And you, you get more certificates, you get more education as you go along. And that is, it resonates way more and it's way more impactful because you're, you're learning to implement instead of, and probably a lot of people when they go through post-secondary, they're learning to get a job, right? They're learning to get instead of saying, I'm learning to actually impact.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a James Clear quote where he said, you know, strategy without hard work is a dream, but hard work without strategy is a nightmare. And I think that as a gym owner, we've all experienced that nightmare scenario where it was just like, you know, nose to the grindstone, go, 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 go in hope that someday that you're, you know, the, the sun was going to poke through and you're going to finally be able to breathe a little bit and get some footing. And, and ultimately what both of us experienced was through mentorship, you know, we're both yeah. part of two brain is that you have to be able to remove yourself enough to actually work on the business. And that's really where things start to blossom. And you mm-hmm. feel like, you feel like an actual gym owner and you feel like you can provide opportunity, better opportunities for your employees and for your, your members that way. But it, I don't know about you. It took me <laughs> eight years <laughs> somewhere in there, man. It was, it was brutal.
0: Yeah, that's a long time. So I would have been a little bit quicker because I think we if I'm remembering right. 2016, 2016 or 2017. I think we started with two brain business. Mm. No, maybe 2018. I'm,
1: yeah, it, <laughs> it, all was, it, together. it was
0: sooner than eight years sooner than eight years and it was like my eyes were open oh if we don't change this i'm gonna burn out we're not gonna be here long term and my members aren't gonna have anywhere to go
1: yeah i mean and i can think of no better way to serve your members than to be open for 30 plus years yeah you know what i mean like like in terms of your effectiveness on your community it's like stay open Stay open, keep your keep your coaches running, keep them motivated and continue to be a home for the people that want to change their health. That's it. Yeah, and I think that's
0: encouragement to any business or fitness business owners listening is first of all, get mentorship. You don't have to just try to grind it through and hope that you see the sunrise one day or the sun coming through. And the next one is... You know what? It slipped my mind, but it's a good one. I remember it's a good one. Oh, it's it's an important job. It's an important thing. It's an important purpose. And I think this is part of the reason why it's so difficult. Whether you're a business owner in the fitness industry or a trainer, you're not going to see those instant results. And meaning, aside from the experience you give people, the coaching you give them in a class, People aren't going to, if you are doing your job, you're going to prevent injury. You're going to prevent, or so you're going to prevent disease. You're going to prevent mental illness. You're going to prevent all these things by helping people live better, change their lifestyle, eat better, exercise. So you won't necessarily know what you help them prevent, right? You'll help some people lose weight and you'll see that, and that'll be enriching to you. But one of the most difficult things, I think, as someone who's in the fitness industry, y- your client won't necessarily know what you help them prevent, and you won't necessarily know. So there, you need to be really rooted in the reason why you're doing that knowing, like you said, if you're there for 30 years, 10, 20, 30 years, without a shadow of doubt, you've helped them stay away from disease, and you've given them years back in their lives. Like That's a big deal
1: yeah and, and purpose you know and what's funny about this to kind of bring that point full circle is that you know we spoke about the need for meaning and purpose earlier and it's like it it is the 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 time horizon is in is it in direct proportion to the amount of purpose that someone gets out of a pursuit right as well as the obstacles that they face along the way so taking somebody over the course of 5 years right, to be able to accomplish the thing that they want to accomplish, helps them see that pursuit as meaningful, right? And this goes for the gym owner as much as it does the client, the person that loses 30 pounds, uh, and is, you know, uh, we'll say, has far lean more lean muscle mass and all these performance metrics in terms of their fitness level have improved. And now they, they're just like fully bought in. It's like, they're a different human being in five years. And I think the same is yep. true for the business owner that takes the time to make the long-term investments to then see them come to fruition. It's like, you're a different human being when you come out of that. And as you reflect on it, it provides you the meaning and the purpose to move forward and continue to make the climb up the mountain. Absolutely.
0: And there, there must be an aspect to it because both of us prior to mentoring, we're still doing it right. We must've had an idea of this purpose behind it, this overarching purpose that, Hey, we're making a difference. And this is probably the reason why I'm able to justify spending so many hours in here with so little pay. Right. And I think that I like how you said that you start to have moments where you step back and look at it and say oh this is really important right because it doesn't just affect physically right you're not we're not just talking about the physical sense so something i use is the fit 5 investing system mental physical spiritual relational professional so all these are separate categories but they all they're all in this flywheel they all impact the other one right so when you work out it's going to impact your mental health When you work out, it's going to impact your marriage. When you work out, it's going to impact your profession life. All these different aspects of this fit five investing system, they're going to impact each other. So it's not just that we're helping people get physically fit. We're actually helping them become better husbands, wives, spouses, parents, grandparents, employees, bosses, coworkers, Like that's, that's a lot of purpose. It's no longer just about the weight loss. You're helping people become more holistically healthy and fit so they can enjoy their life now and not just try to get to an arbitrary age of retirement to then enjoy their life.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think alongside purpose, you could call it responsibility. You know, you start to feel a responsibility to the yep. people that you can help, you know? And to your point, you know, you, I think once you... Once you've been doing it long enough, once you've been working on yourself long enough, you start to see the effect that it has positively on those around you and the people, especially the people you really care about, you know, and and it's like, oh, wow. Like when I let myself go, it negatively impacts the people that I want to help and love the most, you know? And I think that's why when you see someone that has been working out for 20 years and people are like, well, how do you, how do you continue to do it? it's because it, it it's little, it's not just a matter that it's it, it that it's become part of who they are it's become a part of who their family is it's become part of who like like who their community is now right like people start to um depend on them right like they're the leader amongst their friend groups and i think seeing it through that lens can be the reason why no one has a 20 year stretch where like nothing where like where life is completely perfect and nothing comes in its way. Like we all right. go through, you know, seasonality with ups and downs. And it's like, that's the thing that pushes you through the low points, right? It's the recognition that this is bigger than you.
0: Yeah. It's a shift of identity too, right? The responsibility. So, There's a a thought I had on this. You need to make it weird. You need to make your bad habits weird, right? So habits over time become a lifestyle. It becomes part of your identity. So if you have poor habits in your life, right? So if you have the habit of drinking, let's let's just say this: instead of going to cold exposure, you drink pop right? When you wake up in the morning, I don't know if anyone does that listening to this, but let's say you do, you need to figure a way to make that weird, add resistance in front of this habit. So that over time, it would feel weird. It would feel off to even think about drinking pop at 6am in the morning or whatever else when you wake up in the morning, that when people see you, you start to embody this person, you have this identity that people would say, Oh, I'm I'm sure Matt doesn't have pop when he wakes up in the morning, because that, that wouldn't be a part of his identity, right? That'd be weird if he did that. So now you, you start to step into these different habits. You're prioritizing these habits, You're removing friction from these good habits. And once you adhere to these habits over time, it becomes a lifestyle. Once you've done it for a long enough to- period of time, it becomes part of your identity, right? So now it could take me six years, but part of my identity now is, it's not all my identity. Like if I lose it, I'm not going to become a different person. But part of who I am is I do cold exposure every single day because it makes me a better person to those around me. And it helps me uh, get more clarity. It helps me have a better work day, It helps me be more positive, all these benefits. So it's a part of who I am. It's a benefit to me. And it would now feel weird if I didn't do that. So make it feel weird not to do the good habits, and make it mm-hmm. feel weird to prioritize the bad habits.
1: Very true. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's that's how we try to position the environment for our clients, you know, and and to help them succeed because the environment's always going to win, um, and it's it's a long term battle, um, but one worth fighting. Yeah. So, like most gym owners you've reached a level of success where now you're trying to spread your wings and, uh, do some things that are co- more continued comp, uh, you know, um, continue to be a complement to the gifts that you personally have as uh, a gym owner. And, and now as an entrepreneur, talk to me a little bit about your business mentorship that you do.
0: Yeah. So I, I would say it's leadership and business. Um, what I started to notice, Throughout the years, that there's principles that you're gonna read in all those books behind you, and I'm gonna read in all those books behind me that you're gonna learn from mentors, coaches, whether it's fitness, relational, um, professional, you're gonna see there's common threads, there's common principles, there's methods, there's there's tactics. And that's really what I focus on with my coaching clients. So I help, I help business owners profit in business, I help entrepreneurs, so investments, whether it's investments or business, I help entrepreneurs profit in their investments and businesses without bankrupting their personal life. So if I'm talking about that fit five investing system, I'm helping you balance everything, but still achieve excellence in everything. I'm sure we've both rubbed shoulders with a lot of different entrepreneurs that, Hey, they're uber successful. And I think that's a great pursuit because you profit in business, you're successful in business, you can impact and, and share with others. But I'm sure we've both seen business owners who are super successful, uber successful in their business, but then physically they're not doing well. Relationally, they're not doing well. Spiritually, they're not doing well. Mentally, they're not doing well. So what is that success worth to you in the business? You're going to be left continually to continually pursuing an ar- arbitrary measurement of success. So maybe it's a million dollars, two million dollars, deck a millionaire, whatever it is. And then realizing every time you reach a new milestone, I still feel the same way. I feel empty. I need to pursue something else. And at the same time, everything else is being bankrupt in your life. It started as gaining a little bit of weight. It started about not feeling as mentally good. Right? It started about maybe prioritizing some habits that are not beneficial, drinking too much, eating too much. And then all these things start to compound. And before you know it, you've bankrupt, you're, you're bankrupting. You've lost everything in all these different accounts, right? Because everything compounds. Your deposits, and that's why I talk about is deposits. It's an easy visual. How you spend your time, money, and energy is going to equal out to something in the future. So all the habits you're doing, and I want to encourage people, if you're prioritizing your fitness, you're not seeing results right now, just keep doing it over time. It'll, it'll compound it to something in the future. But you know what else also compounds is the poor habits or neglect because even inaction is still an action. So if you're not prioritizing or investing in your marriage, that's going to equate to something. That's going to equal to something in the future. If you're not investing in your mental health, your spiritual health, your f- physical health, it's going to equal out to something in the future. You can't expect to put all your time, money, and energy into your business and then the byproduct of that be a happy marriage or a good relationship with your kids. You need to be intentional and actually systemize and structure your time, money, and energy to invest in all areas of life. So that's a snapshot, an over looking view of what I help business owners with. So I help them with tactics to still profit and be successful in business without sacrificing the other parts of their life.
1: That's phenomenal, man. I mean, I think that's, this is going to start to become just as the fitness industry is starting to professionalize and expand. I think this is going to be the next layer of this um, because it is, I've worked with a lot of people that, to the average person would seem very successful, right? At least from a financial perspective and then spending enough time with them in a one-on-one or small group setting, you start to learn more about their lives and then recognizing that the only thing that you would want of their life when you're their age is the financial success became this indicator for me that perhaps the methods they use to get there are not what needs to be put in place, you know, and at the extreme lev- level of this, there was a CEO that wrote, basically wrote an article pleading younger uh, business owners to pay attention to their families and to their lifestyle factors as they continued on their path to success financially. And more or less what, what he said was that he spent his entire life growing companies to then sell them at his age of retirement. And he had all the money in the world and now all the time. And he reached out to his kids because he wanted to start to travel the world. And they were like, we don't want to go like dad. You haven't been here our entire lives, you know? And like, to me, like that's, that's hell. That's hell. So I, I think we all need to take a page out of that book and, and, uh, just, Take the opportunity to, to to make sure that we're constantly reevaluating and reviewing if we're not just putting everything into one bucket.
0: Yeah, I think
1: as you're talking there,
0: and I think that's a really good point, and it's really eye opening. We could at, we can apply this and think of this in the same way as CrossFit. So CrossFit is a methodology that helps you increase work capacity across broad times and modal domains meaning you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be the top of any sport, but you're going to be excellent at all these different aspects of sport, like the 10 general physical skills, which would be stamina, endurance, strength, power. And how you do that is by investing in all these different modalities, meaning weightlifting, running, heavy lifts, shorter, or um, glycolytic, anaerobic, all these different things. Now let's say you wanted to just focus on powerlifting, which is fine, right? You could get super strong, but you're doing that at the sacrifice of being able to run a marathon. And if you're okay with that, then that's okay, right? You, you have to know what you're sacrificing, but you're sacrificing holistic health for this pursuit. It's the exact same thing we're talking about here. And this fit five system is, okay, you're, prioritizing you're trying to become excellent you're trying to get all the money in the world by prioritizing your business but you are sacrificing all these other aspects and that's what crossfit has done so well right they're helping you become holistic you're you're becoming fit across broad times and model, model domains which is actually a better way to live over the long term there's longevity in that Whereas, the same way if you prioritize all these different aspects of your life, you might not elevate your business as fast as you could, but you know what? You're going to get to the end of that pursuit and have family around you. You're going to have a physical body that you can actually enjoy what you've worked so hard for. So be okay with slow, but don't be okay with sacrificing everything that actually matters in the pursuit of more success. Cause success is arbitrary inconsistent, always changing amount, there's never going to be an agreement of what success truly is. And that's why my definition of success is steward, everything you've been given to the best, your abilities.
1: Yeah. And I mean, fitness and business are both infinite pursuits, right? They're infinite games. You don't win fitness, right? You don't win health. You don't win marriage. You don't win business. You just keep playing the game right? And the way to keep playing the game is to make sure that you're taking all care of all the pieces around you that that help facilitate the game in the first place. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Well, hey, speaking of sacrifice, uh, you have a little one on the way. Uh, Have you always wanted to be a dad? Is that something you've known? Yes,
0: I think I don't think it
1: became.
0: I knew I would always like I, I would want to and I would be if we were blessed to be able to do that. And, uh, I think, yeah, again, the past two or three years, maybe push things back two or three years for us, but yeah, we're excited, nervous. Uh, it's a new adventure. I don't know. I'm sure people watch Lord of the Rings on here, but I always keep thinking every time I do something new, I think of, well, it's the Hobbit, technically Bilbo going out with his, his map saying I'm going on (laughs) an adventure. Right. And that's exciting to me. It's like adventures aren't perfect, but they are um, refining and exciting.
1: It is one of the coolest experiences you're ever going to have uh, because it's in large part something you're just kind of along for the ride. Like you, mm. you, kids so much so dictate the, the things that are going to go on inside of your mind and inside of your house, because it's, you're not, you know, you're not in control of them. They're in control of the situation, you know, in the way that they're, they're their own human being and you're going to learn as you go. And I think that there's, you know, there is some, uh, some parallels between business ownership and, and raising children. And, you know, I'm speaking about this from a position of only being in this a couple weeks at this point. Uh, but I will say that the first few weeks are very challenging, but some of the most rewarding times in your entire life, dude, it's, you're going to have such a blast. I couldn't be happier for you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. And isn't that the truth? Everything like you remember the challenging stuff. Yes. You'll remember the exciting stuff and the comfortable things, but it's usually the challenging things that, people want the stories people want to hear and that actually
1: make a big difference in your life. Well, I look forward to you trying to bottle feed the baby while you are in the, the ice, ice bath. Stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> thinking, how long do I wait until I take the baby? No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Well, yeah. Hey Matt, thanks so much for hopping on. Um, I really do appreciate it. Uh, tell the audience where they can learn more about you.
0: Yeah. So you can Instagram, um, at Matt Chenard. You'll see my cold plunging, my business mentorship, business and leadership mentorship, and lifestyle
1: poaching is on trueelf.com. I love it. Well, hey, Matt, thanks so much for hopping on again. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate it. If you feel like the gym is one big, confusing, and intimidating playground, a personalized coach from Hard Bat Athletics can work with you remotely to help match your goals to an actionable plan. You'll get workout videos and descriptions and have access to coaching calls to make adjustments when you need them. Let us take the guesswork out of your fitness and nutrition. Visit www.hardbatathletics.com to chat with a coach today.